Yes, welcome to the Hero Love Podcast, where I talk about how much I love Hero. Hero's my pet goat. He likes to ram his face into my butt, and it's wonderful. He does it especially when I read Animorphs. And that's our transition. Hello, I'm Mr. B Natural. Whoa, 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 I have an actual intro. This is an Animorphs podcast. I mean, book club. So an Animorphs book club podcast. An Animorphs book club podcast. Yeah, that's a, that's a good that's a good name. It's not too long at all. My name is War Prince Be Natural, and I've read all the Animorphs books. I'm Eris Batter. I've read, I think, like seventy five percent of one book, but not that much else. And you've read four books. The like you've read the first four like recently. I'm Mustard. I've read four Animorphs books. I'm Stir. I read four Animorphs books. It sounds like an alcohol anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> it's been three days since I've read an Animorphs book. I'm I'm Be Natural. I've read all sixty-four of them when I was just a child. Wait. Okay. Are we going to start out by um by um doing a summary? Because I like have a whole summary typed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better. We're we're going to alternate doing the summary. So I did the summary for book two. Mustard did the summary for book three. Batter shall do the summary for this book, and Stir will do the batter. Stir will do the summary for the next book, and then we'll rotate so on. All right. Yeah. Um. I have like I, a few I guess, hey, Batter. I guess we could say that you're up to bat. I'm up to bat. All right. Book four. The message. Cassie morphs a squirrel so she can find out who's been killing the birds in her barn. Tobias shows up and they talk about how they both had weird dreams about sinking into the ocean while someone calls to them from the bottom. On the news, the animorphs see that some old guy found a piece of weird metal on the beach. Jake says he thinks it's indolent metal based on that one time he went into Prince Alfangor's ship. Cassie and Tobias pass out and have a dream again. They realize it was probably an indolent calling for help and all decide to go rescue it. They go to a beach and get chased around by controllers who are out looking for the Andalite as well. The reason that the messenger was sent for Andalites to hear, so Visser 3 heard it as well. Cassie and Tobias heard it because Cassie is the best morpher and Tobias is stuck in morph. They go to the gardens and acquire dolphins, even though Cassie feels kind of edgy about it since dolphins are so intelligent and stuff. They morph dolphins at the river and go out to the beach. They play around in the water for a while. Tobias yells at them to quit screwing around. They find some sharks attacking a whale and go save it. Marco gets hurt, but he demorphs and remorphs into a dolphin, which heals him. The whale holds him up so he doesn't drown. He uses sea mammal magic to tell Cassie about his experiences and finding the Andalite ship and whatnot. Cassie wants to give up on saving the Andalite, but Marco for once convinces her that it's a good idea. They turn into dolphins and find the ship. It's round and big and has a park inside. They're running out of air, so they quickly figure out how to get inside and morph back into humans. They meet Axe the Andalite, who is Prince Alfangor's brother. He is suspicious of them at first, but trusts them when they explain their backstory and say they are fighting the Yurks. He tells them about how a battle with the Yurks made half his ship crash into the ocean with only him alive. He also tells them that the Yurks want to destroy Earth's environment. Cassie feels hate for the first time. The Yurks find Axe's ship and start shooting at it. The Animorphs morph back into dolphins and Axe morphs into a shark. They're chased by taxons, but they turn around and kill all of them. Then they swim to the surface. Axe magically knows how much time they have left and morph. Mr. 3 turns into a Mardrit, which is a big fish from the Andalite homeworld, and starts chasing them. The whale they saved earlier shows up with a bunch of friends to save them at the last second. Cassie thinks whales have souls. They climb on the whale's back and morph back. Cassie falls asleep and the whale carries them back to shore. Jake and Cassie decide that it was okay for them to turn into dolphins since they were using the morphs to save the dolphins. They turn back into dolphins and swim up the river to where they were before. Axe meets Tobias and Cassie offers to let Axe stay in the barn at her house. Axe takes some of each of the animorphs' human DNA and uses it to create a human morph for himself so he doesn't look weird walking with them. 
A couple of days later, Cassie turns into a seagull and goes to the gardens to swim with the dolphins. And that's the end. What a great summary. I noticed, so this was the first book that somebody gave a thumbs down. Why? I, I didn't, like, hate all of it, but, like, most of it was kind of dumb, and I didn't like most of it, so... I, I gotta say, like, when I think about what I like about this book, I mean, I feel like the plot's pretty solid, I guess, but when I feel like, when I say, like, what do I like about this book, I'm just, I just go, Axe! Axe! I love Axe so much. I, I love it's okay. But, but like, he was my favorite character when I read this book, when I read these books a long time ago. So, you know, I, I don't know how if I feel that same way about this book if I was reading it for the first time and didn't know that I loved Axe so much. I was, like, legitimately hyped when I saw, when I was, like, when Axe said his name. And I was like, ah! Aximile. as Garoth is still. Yay. Yeah, um, I thought it was kind of bland. I figured that, like, in the future, he'll get some more depth and, like, character to him. He's awesome. I love that. He's Andalite. Andalites have infinite depth. Andalites are kind of like the elves of the Animorphs world, where they're just, like, perfect in everything they do, and, like, it's hard to criticize them. But, you know, they could not be like that. I, I don't know. They don't even wear clothes. They think clothes are a waste of time. I think that's pretty cool of them. Also, they're all, like, environmentalists. You know, when, when Axe started talking about how the Yurks were going to, like, destroy the environment... Oh, yeah, that's a big thing that I didn't like, was just how it, this book really demonized the Yurks, like, more than they had to be. Well, yeah. I mean, okay, so what I was thinking was, when, when he said that, was like, uh, I think the humans have got it covered, Yurks. I don't think you got to really worry about <laughs> stripping down the world to just what's absolutely no. needed for human survival. I, I think the humans are... I think the humans are doing a pretty good job with that. My little headcanon there is that Axe was saying that because he's never been to Earth before and he's never really seen how humans treat the environment. And from what we've seen of Andalites, it looks like they like basically preserve all of their nature and basically like live in nature. Yeah. And so and so when he sees what the Yurks do, which is basically like kind of what humans do, it's like they build cities and they build they build uh, suburbs. I don't know. They build suburbs and shopping malls. I guess. When, he, when, he, when an Andalite sees that, they're like, oh my god, they're destroying the entire planet. But uh, that's just. But maybe it's just the same thing as what uh, humans do. And then when Axe shows up on land and actually sees what humans are like, he's like, oh no, <laughs> I'll just not mention that again. I don't want my human friends to feel bad. Well, I thought you were going to say that, like, Axe doesn't know, like, what the flora and fauna of Earth is. So, like, for all he knows, it could be exactly like the Yurk homeworld, or at least pretty similar. You know, like, maybe Yurks have trees, too, but, like, maybe they're the right kind of trees, so then the Yurks wouldn't, like, feel like they need to cut down all the Earth trees. Hmm. He makes it sound like the Yurks have already done this to a lot of planets. Enough to be a pattern. The stuff that you guys think is dumb in these books is always the stuff that I just don't really have any thoughts about. Alright, how about this? We, well, let's all go over the book and talk about the parts we thought were dumb, because we're on the topic. Maybe after that we can uh, we can talk about other things, but... The yeah. first thing in this book that was dumb was Cassie decides that the easiest way to catch this fox will be to turn into a squirrel and bait it and almost die. Like just turn into a fly or something, or even just turn into a little bird and sit on top of the and sit on top of the barn and look at and watch as the fox comes in because the fox is already coming in to get the existing animals there. Why do you want to? Why do you want to put yourself in danger so bad? Why do you want to be prey so bad? Every time they're like, we want to catch some animal, they're like, oh, let's turn into some prey animal and bait it. So I thought that was dumb. That said, I do like the word squirrelified. That was in this book. Cassie said she was all squirrelified. 
So, okay, other things I thought were dumb. So Cassie meets this whale, and then she's like, okay, f all human religion. The whales are the ones who know everything. The whales are the smart ones, and the whale's like this super spirit Jesus thing. That was odd. Yeah, that was real weird. I kind of didn't fit in with the rest of these books, but oh well, I guess. I don't even know. Well, remember, Cassie's the son of God, so she's the one who, like, understands religion, you know? She's the mystical one. She's on this other spiritual level that nobody else is on. Yeah, later it's going to be revealed that Cassie and the whale are like brothers. Yeah, in the past life they were brothers, but then when they were reincarnated, they were they were turned into a human and whale. Yeah, of course. I thought it was weird that the, these whales had telepathy for no reason. Yeah, whales and the dolphins can talk to each other for some reason. What's up with that? No other animal can do that. Cinnamon Bunza calls him Jesus Whale, so I'm stealing that, but... On the one hand, I thought Jesus, the Jesus whale thing was kind of dumb. But on the other hand, I do like the idea of, like, if you're a dolphin, there are things humans think of, like algebra and stuff, that I bet dolphins could just never contemplate. So similarly, I guess, I think it, what it was trying to get at was that there are just things that dolphins and whales can know that humans can never contemplate, which I think is a pretty good, cool thing to explore. I thought that was cool, too, but she devoted, like, a paragraph to it, and then and then just went off this other thing with the weird dolphin whale telepathy. I was expecting the whale to come back. Like, I was thinking, oh, maybe the whale has ties to the Andalite, or, like, the Andalite was speaking through the whale, and that's what has telepathy, but no, it, it didn't. Guys, maybe the whale was Vista 3 the whole time. And then Vista 3 ate himself. That would have been an awesome twist if it was like, oh, the, and then the whale's coming to save us, and then Vista 3 goes, psych, I was the whale the whole time! And then he just kills them. And I guess he's like, oh no. Yeah, I we, people were talking about how like um the, the like the fight slash chase scene at the ends are getting kind of stale. And I did feel that this, this one, one I definitely felt was stale. This one was very the best one. What? What this was definitely the best one. For the past three freaking episodes, I was talking about like how it's good that they fail and that they run and fight and stuff. Why do you think this is a good one but not the other ones? It wasn't okay. Every other one, it was oh, look, they met Visser 3 again, and then uh, they run away and hardly managed to escape again, and they're all tired again. But this was at least something that's different. exactly what this one does. No, the whales come, the Jesus whales come. It's just a whale ex, ex machina, that's like the worst yeah, trope. Great. No. Um, I, I just thought it felt very obligatory that it was like, oh no, Visor 3 had just happened to show up in the same exact location at the same exact time as we did. Like, it makes sense that he's also looking for the Andalite because he's getting the visions or whatever. But, like, why did he have to show up at the exact same time? Also, the ocean is huge. So, you know what would have been better if it was a scene where the Animorphs as dolphins have to just, like, hide under some rocks or something, and Visitor 3 is, like, looking for them, and they just have to hide under the rocks and hold their breaths, and they're, like, feeling like they're going to suffocate, but they just have to hide, 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 and it's very tense, and then eventually Visitor 3 just gives up and w goes away. That would have been better, but they just felt like they had they needed an obligatory ch chase scene. Get a big fish monster. Uh, okay, in this book, I've noticed two things about Visitor 3's leadership strategy. It's really screwing him over, his Visitor 3's leadership strategy of, like, of just, like, kill anybody who says anything slightly, slightly, that anything that he doesn't like. There's this part where the, the controllers are chasing the Animorphs on the beach, and then the Animorphs run into the water, and they're like, oh, we found these, they're like, they're like oh, we found these human kids running around, and then they're like, oh, where did the kids go? And then somebody's like, you know, is it possible that these Andalite bandits are actually human? And then Chapman's like, oh yeah, that's possible, but I'm not going to tell Visitor 3 that, because he, he's not going to like being told that he's wrong. 
And then they're like, all right, we'll just never mention that again. And I'm like, the Wizard 3, your leadership style is working out great, isn't it? Yeah, that really annoyed me how they like were almost onto them, but they're like, mm, eh, and then nothing ever came of it. One thing I thought was weird about that scene is why wouldn't they assume that the Andalite bandits just acquired some kids and they can turn into kids whenever they want as as a disguise? Like, wouldn't they do that? Like, if you were trying to hide on Earth, wouldn't you want to, like, disguise as humans? Uh, well, no, because I think if, if you were an Andalite, it would probably make more sense if you were going to morph to morph into, like, some birds or something. Like, seagulls. With, the, with that whole scene, I was just thinking, why did you guys show up on the beach as humans? Why didn't you just show up on the beach as some seagulls and you wouldn't have had any trouble? My question is, why did they even show up on the beach at all? To see if the to see if the message was really like a thing. They were like, "This we think this message is, is we think this message is coming from the ocean, so we're gonna go to the ocean and see if something happens, like if if we get it like stronger or something." It was just an idea. It, is it? I think it's a reasonable thing to do. Yeah. Okay. When you explain it like that, they just went there and started talking about stuff that's kind of unrelated to the ocean. One thing I've noticed is, uh, I feel like the titles don't seem that. Like unrelated. This title seemed to match better. Yeah, I didn't finish listing things that I th- thought were dumb. In chapter eight, page one, Cassie's—they're on the bus going to uh, the gardens, and Cassie says, "I did some homework on the bus." Parentheses, math, gag, yuck. Parentheses, and <laughs> listen to my Walkman. Like, why is that there? Because <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. It's not. Fu- it's that's such a weird. That was such like a oh. K.A. Applegate's like, oh, I'm gonna relate to the kids now. They don't, they, they, they like, they don't like math, right? Yeah, yeah. And the things they say is gag and yuck. Haha. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, why would she say gag exactly? She could just say yuck. So okay, and then, then another part I thought was dumb was like the, you know, way the whale shows up to save them. It's a whale ex machina, but it's not even he. he the people, the whales he shows up with aren't even the same species of whale. So he, I guess, whales are just so enlightened and you know beyond racial differences that they can enlist yeah. the help of other species of whales. What was the point of them not being the same species? I don't know. Like, I feel like, but it was like specifically mentioned that they weren't the same species, and I was like, they were sperm whales, whereas Jesus whale is a humpback whale. Yeah. So, like, what was the point of that? It was just to talk about. I guess it was just to talk about how great whales are, and they're not racist. <laughs> oh, she's just pointing out that oh, look, there's whales and. They look different. Like, like for instance, if you saw seven whales and one of them was big and a different one had like a weird head, you'd notice and you'd mention it. No, no, it's not that Cassie says that takes note of the fact that they're different whales. It's the fact that like Jesus whale is friends with different whales that are his own species. That doesn't make sense. Why not? I'm friends with different species. Uh, be natural has dogs. I like be natural's dogs. Kind of. Yeah, but you wouldn't expect a whale to have the same thought process. Whales don't mate with other whales that aren't their sp- same species. Why would they hang out with them? Wow, you can only be friends if you can mate with them. Wow. I'm just... Okay, that's not how humans work, but I'm pretty sure that's how whales work. I don't know. Natural, why'd you bring that up in the first place? I didn't even uh, care about it's, that. It's just a weird detail that was in there, and it's like it's not like it was important, but it was just like, I guess I guess the author just put that in there to be like, oh, see, aren't whales great? It's because they're really big and intelligent. Like, the whales were talking to the dolphins, kind of. Well, I thought that part was dumb, too. Oh, I like that part. I mean, I was like, I, 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 again, I, I thought that was kind of a, you know, humans can comprehend things that a dolphin might never think about. But as such, and as such, there are probably things a dolphin can do that a human might never think about. And I don't know if that's communicated that well in this book, but I do feel like that. I do. 
interpret that as that's what the author was getting at. The last dumb thing is that the whale just magically knows where they live. Wait, what? They ride the whale all the way home. <laughs> yeah, why yeah, would the whale go to the surface? Why was that necessary? They have bird morphs. I mean, there are a million ways the author could have gotten them home. This is the most romantic. This is the most poetic way. This means the author made a deliberate choice. Like, this means the author was like, okay, I know they have a million ways to get home, but they need to ride a whale home. That's That would really tie this book all together, is they ride the whale home. Even Axe, who's like a freaking centaur, rides the whale home somehow. Exactly. How does the, why does the whale help Axe, too? The whale doesn't know who Axe is. Oh, that, doesn't Cassie say at some point, like, I don't think the whales beat up Bizzer 3 to help us. I think it's just because they, the sea itself hates Bizzer 3. <laughs> yes, the sea, the sea sense of disturbance and the fact that there is an animal that didn't evolve on Earth and it's like, nope, this is a natural imbalance. We have to get rid of this one. The three things that have souls are humans, whales, and the sea. It was just Aquaman who saved them at the end. He sent, he sent the whales in. Visitor 3 was making these terrifying noises that the sea is not familiar with, so the sea would notice him if it had a soul. Wait, are you talking about the sea as like a living being or like all the creatures that are in the sea? Whatever works. Oh, here's the quote right here. This is the quote where they're talking about how, sorry, I, I was I just flipped tabs and I was on it, so I thought I might as well read it. They're like, oh, we don't need to tell Visitor 3 about them being humans, possibly, because he's going to kill us if we tell him that. Uh, is it possible? Is Visitor 3 wrong? What if they're not Andalites at all? Chapman laughed cruelly. Visitor 3 wrong? Maybe. But I'm not the fool who's gonna try and tell him. So, so they're just like, yeah, screw actually, like, knowing stuff. Visitor 3 is such a terrible leader that we're gonna, like, actively... Yeah, yeah, this book dehumanized for a minute. I don't think Visitor 3 has been humanized yet, so I don't know if he can be... I don't know if Visitor 3 can be dehumanized at this point. One, because he's not a human. Two, because... <laughs> yeah. He's not very three-dimensional at all at this point. I'm not sure if it's possible for Visitor 3 to get any more one-dimensional at this point. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Visitor 3, he is angry, he's evil, and he likes eating. So he has, I'd say he that's three-dimensional. He loves eating so much that it actively, like, is counter counterproductive in this book because he has, like, you know, ships and he has people with guns and stuff and he can easily just shoot the Animorphs, but he wants to eat them so goddamn bad that he chases them for hours <laughs> just so he can eat them and then they can eventually get whale X machina and... <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but yeah, he knew that they were there, so, like, why didn't he just send his ships after them? I mean, he did send the taxons after them at first, but then he was like, alright, I'm hungry, <laughs> I'm gonna go eat you now. Based on this and the play thing you mentioned earlier, it just really seems like Kay Applegate likes putting her main characters in situations where they could easily be eaten and then not... Yeah, because being eaten is a lot more terrifying than just kind of dissolving. Maybe that's maybe that's why Capel, maybe that's why Caplegate. I'm gonna call her Caplegate. <laughs> maybe that's why Caplegate wrote these books. She was like, how can I write a series about kids repeatedly in danger of being eaten? <laughs> um... <laughs> How about these aliens that show up to Earth and they just start eating people? And then her editors were like, no, 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 that's not scary. And then she was like, okay, how about aliens that show up to Earth and then they 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 eat people's legs? And then the editors were like, no, 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 come up with something else. And she was like, okay, how about aliens that come to Earth and then they go into people's heads and then they turn into things that eat people, but only... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> there's, a, there's a leader and he really likes eating people. He loves He, he just loves eating people. Just slip that in there. They're like, no, no eating. Shut up, Applegate. Write something else. She had to be subtle about it, but she wrote in the eating anyway. What if Animorphs was like about aliens who just ate people instead of 
controlling them. Wouldn't that be something? That would be something. That would be something. I feel like Cap Caplegate would like writing that. Uh, okay, that's that's about all I have for uh, things that I thought were dumb about this book. I have things that I like, mainly Axe. I love Axe. Can I talk about positive things? Yeah, Mustard, go ahead. Because I, I do have a couple things that are dumb, but I think I, I want to switch it up a bit. Well, I have dumb things, though. Uh, well, yeah, I don't want the podcast to be just 40 minutes of dumb things in a row, you know? I don't know. Mustard, you may talk about whatever you see as uh, fit. I thought this book was a return to form of the first book. Yeah. It's pretty similar to the first book. Like I if, like- if, I, if I were to make like an abridged animal series, so I would so far include the first book in this book. Oh. I- what? But there's like important stuff established in the intervening books. Not really. And, and like, if I was like reading this to like a kid or something, I would I would skip books two and three because it's all angst. Now I like book two and three. I think they're better than this book. But this book, book two and three, is like mostly angst and not. They don't really learn much that can't easily be explained in like one sentence. If I read it to my kids, I want them to know what angst is. And I I think the second and third are the best written. I'm, yeah, I, I agree with that, but 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 this one and and I don't see what's the one. point of like sheltering my kids from well-written work. No, if I read this to my kids, I'm going to read all the books to them. Why would I not? Well, if I only want to read some of them, I think two and three are better books. But this one and okay, the what first does one, this book establish exactly? The first one they find oh, an alien true. and they learn about alien stuff, and this one they find another alien and they learn about alien telepathy and alien planets. It's it's more of what I would expect animals to be. When two and three was very depressing and sad and well written, yeah, yeah, which I liked more, but the, it's not at all what I expected. Um, Why would you truncate it so that it would only be what you expected? Well, it seems it seems like more essential. This book I don't like because it's blander. It goes back to the first book, and the first book was blander than the second two. Yeah, I agree. Why would I? Why would I only want my kids would not like it if I only read the bland books to them? Okay, out if if out of the four books, if you want to read two books to learn like the most plot and, and the most relevant. Yeah, you know, there's stuff. more to a book than plot, dude. If I were to if I were to pick one book, I would I would pick the Tobias one. Yeah, I agree with that. Dude, all of the books cover cover what el- what everything that's happened in the book so far. So if if you're gonna be technical about this, you could just read them this book, and that would cover everything. You could just she, he could just read them the last book, and it would cover everything. Yeah, you could literally do that. So I don't understand this situation that you're trying to set up. I'm just saying that it's it's it seems more child books. I don't know. I just I just don't believe in the doctrine of treating children like children. You know why? Why do I have to talk down to them? I don't think having a really depressing, showing your kid a really depressing story when they're like five years old is not talking down to them. I think, I mean, I think if you're like, hey, kid, let's read Animorphs, you'd want to read them all of Animorphs. And then if, and then if after well, three, like they're it. like, man, that was, I don't like that. Then they'll be like, I guess you don't like Animorphs. Let's read, let's, let's read, uh, let's read the Babysitter's Club. Let's go. That's, that's exactly how I would go about it. Yeah. I mean, just reading them the first book and then skipping to the fourth book, that just sounds evil to me. I don't know. When, if you're like, kid, let's... Like, to me, that kind of sounds like, hey, kid, you know what movie you'll really like? I'm going to show you Citizen Kane, but I'm just going to, like, cut out all the talking parts, and you're only going to see the parts where there's, like, birds, because kids like birds. No, no, it'd be like... 
it'd be like if you want to watch all the Marvel, if you want to show your kids the Marvel movies, you're going to show them the cool ones, like Guardians of the Galaxy and figuring Civil War or whatever. You're not going to show them like the boring ones like Hulk. You're going to show them those two, but then maybe you would like show them the rest later. And maybe, but you don't want to show them like Hulk because Hulk is scary and like whatever. I don't, I haven't seen it. I don't know. It's scary. You don't want to show your kids scary movies. You want to show them the cool action and the aliens and stuff. Scary movies are cool. Not shoot little five-year-olds that get scared. Why would I want to show my five-year-old the Avengers if I don't think all of the Avengers movies are appropriate for them? Because most of them are, and they're really, and kids would love them. Hey, can we get back on topic? Yeah. I have one thing to say about this. It's like, um, one of my favorite movies, The Princess Bride, the whole plot is just Grandpa's reading this book to his kid, and he just skips all over all like, the romance, and the, he just like, the entire movie is just like, oh, I'll read my kid just the action parts. And he'll love it. And that's that's what I get out of that is by by stripping over the stuff that isn't what you see on the cover, you're doing a favor of just getting straight to what you expect and what you want out of the series as a kid. Yeah, that's actually really brilliant. Because uh, have you read the original book? Yeah. And just by it's amazing. Yeah, that's totally what the angle that it plays from. And I, I think it does a good job. But like, you know, uh, mm. Hey, did you guys notice that the dolphins in this book are named after the cast of Ferns? Yes, I did notice that, and I was going to bring it up when we got there. This is dumb. Applegate, stop putting weird fan service in your... Well, no, I thought that was cool, because it wasn't... It, it's not like they were like, it's just like in Star Trek when they have lasers and stuff. Isn't this just like Star Trek? And all the references are really dumb. It's like, oh, man, it's like Doom. Look at that, it's Doom, guys. But this one didn't seem like fan service as much as just Kay Applegate likes friends, so she wanted to name them after friends. Like, it wasn't super obvious, and it, it seemed like she actually knew what she was talking about. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one, because it would not be obvious to me if I were, like, 12 and reading that. I didn't know. I don't know what the names of the Friends cast is. Yeah. Mustard, did you have any of that? Did you have a, a different point to make? The romance in this book is dumb. The romance of this book is awful! Yeah. I, I, that part I felt like I was biased about because, like, the whole last book, I was just complaining about how I hated Cassie and Jake's romance. And you know what happened with this book? It's fifty percent just Cassie and Jake's stupid romance. It was they ended it in the exact same way as Tobias and Rachel's romance. It was like, ah, oh, Tobias, I want to tell you something. It's like, oh, I already know, man. <laughs> and it was like yeah. the exact same thing where they thought they were gonna die. They did it way worse in this one. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid. It was the exact same thing. Can I can I read this quote about Cassie and Jake's romance here? Sure. Yeah. 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 Mostly, if you want to know what I look like, picture a girl in overalls and leather work gloves biting her lip as she concentrates on trying to force a pill down the throat of a badger. Jake once took a picture of me doing exactly that. He has it next to his computer in his room. Don't ask me why. I would be glad to give him a picture of me in a dress or something. Rachel could loan me the dress, but Jake says he likes the picture he has. Oh, I hated that thing. Jake's like, no, I don't want a picture of you in a dress, Cassie, but if you could give an animal an enema and I could take a picture of that, then you... <laughs> no, it's just it's just more and more, like, it's more candid, more, like, genuine, you know? The thing that was so good about Rachel and Tobias' relationship is it was all based on, like, Rachel was really good at helping Tobias with his hawk depression, basically, and there was a lot of like sweet scenes about that. And these two do nothing. Cassie's just like, oh, Jake's so cute. Cassie literally has to tell the audience that she likes Jake. She's like, yeah, I kind of like him, you know, like him. <laughs> In italics. Way to go, Applegate. Hit it right on the nose. Okay, so we officially sh ship Tobias and Rachel and not Cassie and Jake. I'm okay with Cassie and Jake just because they're the two blandest characters. And so like, that's fine. 
Maybe it's fine if they're together, but like, I don't want to keep reading about it. They're the two blandest characters. I don't want to see them interact. Yeah, okay. I thought Cassie was not very well written in this book. Like, just off the last two books where, like, Rachel and Tobias were really great, really well written in their in their respective books. And in this book, I felt like Cassie didn't have much of a character at all. Even though she was, like, a major force in the plot, she somehow avoided having a character still. Her whole character was avoiding doing things. Like, oh, Cassie, you gotta, you gotta do something. You gotta make decisions for us. And Cassie's like, nee, I don't want to. <laughs> That's her whole character, and I'm like, Cassie, you are supposed to be the awesome one. Rachel was supposed to be the one who just is like, I'm I'm too popular and pretty to do stuff. But no, it's you. The interpersonal like conflict in this book seemed really forced because like she has she's never been like that in the previous books, and also I feel like in the previous books she wasn't really like seen as this leader character that I recall. Like it would have been better if it was established that oh yeah she's like the leader she makes decisions, and then this is like oh you finally see like oh yeah she doesn't actually like it. That would have been interesting. The thing is, the book does this thing where it's like, okay, Cassie has been having the dreams, right? So Cassie's got to be the one to be like, oh, let, this is what we got to do. But like, Tobias was also having the same exact dreams. And everybody was like, Ox can't lead. Ox don't, Ox can't have ideas. Well, he couldn't, well, he, he kept saying, I don't want to have a say in this because I can't turn into a dolphin and go and get myself in danger, so. Yeah, actually, that's valid. But let's come to another point they don't like. Tobias wasn't even in the freaking book. Well, he can't. He can't go in the sea. I know, but I'm still annoyed. That's just the consequence of what he's done. He has to sit out some plots. Oh, I'm not looking forward to that. That's that's part of the reason why I didn't like the fact that he was a hawk was because I knew this would happen. I wonder what Tobias was doing this whole time. If this book was like Tobias narrated, it would, we would be following like the plot. Uh, up until the point where they get get in the ocean and Tobias goes back to land and then like goes to a concert or, or something or whatever he was talking about last Ooh, book. I'd love that. <laughs> Books two and three, they were more interesting and they seem to be written by the most interesting characters. And I wonder if that's going to be a trend. So are all the Jake and Cassie books going to suck now? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm curious about. And then like the Tobias books are always going to be really cool in the uh, whatever... Well, guess what? Caplegate and or Scholastic decided that kids don't want to read, read stories about hawks or aliens. They want to read stories about kids going to school. So they only gave Tobias half as many books as everybody else. What? What? Yeah. No! So every other cycle, they skip Tobias. We don't get another Tobias book until book 13. There's only so much angst that Applegate can write. She can't, she's got to spread it out. Otherwise, she's just going to start repeating herself. I'd read a book about him just like going to a concert and ch- chasing mice and stuff. That'd be sweet. Yeah, yeah that stuff. would be awesome. Tobias being a hawk, do- doing hawk stuff, was my favorite part of the whole Tobias book. Because they're just like, yeah, this is nice. It's Tobias. He's a hawk. He's hawk Tobias. Earlier, someone mentioned how, like, oh, I wonder if, if uh, Caplegate just like made Tobias a hawk because she wanted an animal character. Well, clearly not. She's writing so few I said that, and then, you know what? Tobias convinced me that an animal character would be awesome. Yeah. But apparently that's not going to happen. Anyway, spoiler, though. Don't tell us that kind of stuff. It's not really yeah, a spoiler. I don't think that's much of a spoiler. That doesn't spoil the plot or anything. It spoils the surprises of, of the authors. I want to be thoroughly disappointed by the lack of Tobias. How dare you take that away from us? Yeah, no, she did us a service, because if that were so, I would have just, like, spent the first five minutes of the podcast screaming. But now, now I'm going to be, now I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be more subdued, because I'll, I'll have it, I'll be prepared for it. Just on a random note here, 
I'm in the I'm at the part of the book where Jake and Jake and Cassie are romantically shoveling m- manure together, and and then then and there's this part where Cassie says he looked serious again, almost hard. That's it. That's all I have to say. What when? <laughs> <laughs> It's right after Cassie is talking about her grandma too. Oh yeah, Did we got we got some more clues about like the geography of the. Um... There are so many freaking clues. You could figure this out so easily where they live. First of all, they're li- they live in a place where there's anoles all over the place, and apparently you can w- run around as an anole in your school, and like that's a that's a good disguise because nobody will think that's weird. They live in a place where they have a national forest, and sh- they even describe the composition of the national forest at some point. Like they say, it's birches and elms and oaks or something. There's, they live in a place where there's mountains, like about an hour, about about, about an hour or two's walk away from where they live. They live in a place where they're on the coast, and there's a river going out into the sea. You could so there's you could figure out like we've narrowed it down to like freaking you know less than ten states at this point. Yeah. So uh, great job, guys. <laughs> I mean, when you have five different kids writing, you know, they can't really coordinate. Yeah, they don't think about like what what little details would give away stuff. So anyway, I was like, I was it, 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 um. Whoa, well, dude, we should read some of Applegate's other books after we do Animorphs. Yeah, if we didn't get to that. Oh, did she write other books? Yeah, she's like st- still doing stuff. Oh, that's cool. Okay, so one thing about Cassie's character, they act like Cassie's like the uh, support person for everybody else. Like, she goes to Marco's house, and then Marco comes out, and then he just immediately opens up to her and starts talking about all of his problems. They have good chemistry. I don't know what Applegate is thinking, putting Cassie and Jake together. Yeah, I liked, I liked, I liked the actual conversation they had, but Marco just kind of opens up to her for no reason, and they act like it's because Cassie's like some kind of helper person, but she hasn't really done anything to justify that. Like, nothing, she hasn't done anything in these books to show that she's like really understanding of other people or anything. So it just mark. It just seems like it comes out of nowhere. It's it's a tell don't show kind of moment. You're right. Everybody talks about how empathic Cassie is and how uh, she's always the one to break up arguments. Have I seen a single argument between these characters yet? No. What they call an argument is like Marco saying something mean or dumb, and then Rachel being like, "Hey, stop being sexist, Marco," and then like that's it. Okay, so I'm going to read this part from Marco. Uh, for a while, Marco didn't answer. He just came over and leaned on the railing beside me. I'm scared all the time now, Cassie, he said at last. I'm scared to fight the Yurks, and I'm scared of what will happen if I don't. I look at Tobias, and what happened to him scares me to death. What if I get stuck in Morph someday? And most of all, I am scared of, of Visor 3. Uh, he says, of him, but then Cassie goes, Oh, every time people say him, we know that we're talking about Visor 3. Uh, so I like that quote. I thought Marco got, I thought Marco got some nice development there. He's kind of like a guy who, like, Cover, he kind of like shields himself from his feelings a little bit. Yeah, this book made me like Marco a lot more. I can't wait to read a Marco book now. That's next book. Yay. All right. Also, from that scene, uh, when Cassie arrives at Marco's house, she knocks on the door. And then from inside, she hears Marco's voice Dad, there's someone at the door. Put on your bathrobe, okay? And then later, Marco says, Look, I'm spending the day with my dad today, okay? (laughs) (laughs) He says, we're thinking maybe we'll, you know, do something together. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Anyway, I really like Marco and, um... Like, yeah, we got some Marco lore. It's like, oh, his 
his dad had a breakdown and quit his job after his mom died and like he hasn't he's just been sitting around most of the time and it's like oh we tried on money and it's like yeah so melodramatic but like also cool i looked up uh like maps of where anoles live and then like i looked up mountain ranges and like the appalachian mountains like run down like the east side of the united states and then uh, I looked up a, a map of U.S. national parks, and there's one in South Carolina, and not really any other national parks in the area that overlaps where the Anolds live, where the mountains are nearby, and by the sea. So it seems like they live in South Carolina. Yep, gotcha. <laughs> there we go. I, I had I had a couple of quotes in. I like this one where it says, um, "You know what? Was, you know what was strange about yesterday?" Marco said, "What." The sharks. They were so totally deadly. I mean, we worry about Hork-Bajir and Taxons and Visor 3. You kind of forget that here on little old planet Earth, there are creatures just as tough and dangerous. It would be funny if it wasn't some alien that ended up getting us, but some normal Earth creature. I didn't think it was funny at all. Marco grinned at my stone face. Okay, not funny, haha. More like funny weird. There's some good ways to end the chapter. I like, I like when he says, it was like, man, it's not bad enough that we have to fight Hork-Bajir and Taxons and Visor 3. We also have to fight sharks? Sharks? Oh, and okay, here's two jokes I really liked in chapter 14. I hate plans that begin with the words first we morph. <laughs> yeah. That's just serious. He's not that serious about it, though. I mean, like, all of their plans have to start with first we morph. And then, um, how about if we just walk over to Chapman's house and tell him to call Visser 3 to finish us off? It's so much easier, and the results will be the same. Man, Mark was kind of good. What? You didn't think that one was good? No, that's just like a lame like joke that you hear in a cartoon, and I hear that all the time. Half of Marco's jokes are lame and in cartoons and things that I've heard all the time. Okay, I also like dumb jokes. Just some of them are just too dumb for me, and that one wasn't. I feel like the ones that, that you don't like are ones you're used to seeing in books, but we like didn't read as many kids' books as you did. Yeah, that's what I said before. Like A lot of these jokes are stuff that they would have in a Goosebumps book. I would just seem a little bit dark. Like, oh, yeah, that's, just, that's a very morbid basically. book. That's something you do in a cartoon, I think. And I watched a lot of cartoons as a kid. I can see Sonic saying that. Yeah, he'd say, oh, I wish Eggman just finished it up. Yeah, fast. <laughs> Sonic is Marco. Speaking of morbid, I thought, like, I noticed... Okay, so there's, like, parts where, like, the, there's, like, violence to the kids. And I thought it was interesting, what I assume at least is that she's allowed to write about the kids being, like, horribly injured or whatever, as long as they're in animal form. Because I don't think you're allowed to, like, bite off kids' arms and, like, burn their skin off in children's books. But if they're morphed as, like, a fish, it's okay. I thought that was interesting. Hmm, I didn't think about that. Because, like, Marco, like, gets, like, I don't, he, like, gets attacked by a shark and, like, put, like, his... I don't remember exactly. His like his like tail fin is like bit off or something. His tail, his tail is like you know bitten off. Yeah, and when they're like morphed as fish, they're like, oh, it feels like my skin is burning. It's like burning my skin off, and it's like, man, like if these are like kids, like in the skin is like burning, and the, the body parts are being bit off, but it's fine because they're in animal bodies, I guess. Huh. I never thought about that. Um, want to talk about X? What about him? I was gonna say, like, we finally got an answer as to like what happens when they get injured. So Marco just Marco gets injured, but then he just turns back into a human, and the DNA works so that like when he's a human, he's not uh, injured anymore. Yeah, which uh, I thought that was okay. I mean, it's a good way for them to heal themselves, but it still felt like kind of a cop out to me. 
I mean, it, it was kind of referenced in the first book when uh, they had like an injured animal like at the zoo, and then they acquired oh, hold, it. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up one second. Elfangor is burned. Why doesn't he just morph into something else then morph back into an Andalite? Yep. This could be the... This, any Andalites could just never be injured ever at all because of this. Maybe he's so burned that it like broke his concentration and his ability to morph. I have my own theory about that, but we'll need to read a Chronicles book for it to make any sense. Wait, Elfingo was burned? I don't remember that. Why do you think he was dying? He had like a he had like a Dracon beam burn on him or something. Oh. Yeah. I have my own theories uh, and or and or alternate universe ex- explanations, but we can get to that when we get to that. I think Applegate just didn't think of it. Just like just how she didn't think about like the um the the telekinesis how the telekinesis would work in the first book when Jake like telekinetically talks to Tobias while he's a human. Yeah. There's a lot of uh what's it called? Hemming and hawing. There's a lot of just he-ing like and hawing? He-ing and, hemming and hawing. Hemming and hawing? I think it's there's a lot of there's a lot of hooplining and hucklebashing about uh how the morphs work and how they and what exactly they copy about the animal and what they don't because like if you want to be really strict about it i mean shouldn't they when they morph back to humans shouldn't they like not have belly buttons and what about their microbiomes you're right yeah and um, what about pierced ears hang on he, he they didn't get hurt as humans right but i think i think maybe like whatever your visual form is retains all of its injuries and stuff that would be an explanation yeah and then all the morphs they change stuff like the morphs always go back to normal but since that's your original body it retains all of its whatever it doesn't change okay and we'll have to find out we will uh what did you want to say about x i love x so freaking much i just love him i just i love him uh he's my favorite character i can't i mean i haven't really i'll have to see if he's still my favorite character upon reread but he's definitely my favorite when i originally read this and um I love how he calls Jake Prince Jake, even though Jake says, don't call me Prince. I just love that. I mean, maybe I just love that because it's nostalgia, but that's just, uh, I love X. That seemed kind of uh, cliche to me. Yeah. I think a lot of the things X did seemed kind of cliche. I mean, they made, they made sense, but they're, they, did, they just didn't really get me going. I don't know. I like that he didn't know how to put on clothes. Uh, a few minutes later, we turned around. We all stared. <laughs> Axe had the t-shirt pulled up like a baggy pair of shorts. The boxers were on his head. That reminds me of like when I was a kid. I like would take like my parents' clothes and like I'd take the shirts and I like, put them on his pants. Why would you do that? Because <laughs> when you're a little kid, your parents' clothes are like huge, so you can like do anything you want with them. All right. Anyway, yeah, I um, thought the whole scene where Axe was turning into a human was kind of weird and gross. It was like the first book all over again, where it's like nakedness. They're like, oh, is X going to be a boy or a girl? And X is like, boy, I guess. And then they're like, okay, Cassie and Rachel turn around again. Wait, wait, they didn't all turn around? Well, they all, well, okay. I'm not no, they were like, like, all right, X, you're a boy. Marco and Jake and Tobias can watch. <laughs> oh, watch the penis going out of his body. They did that. Yeah, yeah. they did that. It was weird. I think the lore about, Ant- about the Andalite world was sort of cool. There's like crystals growing in the water. That's pretty cool. I was annoyed about the Yerks trying to destroy everything because I thought it made them sound too evil. Mm-hmm. My, my impression of the book is that it was kind of boring and then Axe showed up and I'm like, okay, hey, this book's great. And then the rest of it was good. I love Axe. 
Uh, I like I like Axe making the mouth sounds when he's a human. That was cute. I like that. Yeah. No, 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 no. I chose male because I am male. Word. Male. Is that a good choice? Ch- oh, ch- ch- yes. Strange. I like how he talks. Yeah. That was fun to hear on the audiobook. How do you look? Look oh, up. Oh, it was. Ka. How do you look around? Ound. Ow. Ow. Ound. Behind? Guys, talking, like, isn't an instinct. Like, you have to learn how to talk. Yeah, it is an instinct. Talking? Yeah. Didn't we talk about this last week when I was, like, arguing about being able to talk with your butthole or something? What? what? When did we what? do that? I don't remember that. No one did that. You did that. That was a dream. You had it. <laughs> no, you guys were like, oh, I was arguing about, like, whether or not, like, being able to speak. Like, if, like, how about a sign language? I'm like, no, you could probably speak with your butt if you, like... If you like had to, and you like, we just happen to use a mouth because it's a convenient way to speak. But you can communicate language in multiple different ways. What are you trying to prove here? Max turned into a human. He should have just started farting, and then he'd been like, "This is how you talk, right?" I just don't want to try <laughs> the same ground as last week. That's all. <laughs> all right. Anybody got any other things to say? Oh, I like the cover of this book. This is like the only cover where they're actually somewhere, like she's in the ocean. All the other covers are just floating in some weird psychedelic background. There's only one part of the morph that I thought would look really weird. That's the second one. Yeah. I think this cover's also good because it looks like she's actually in her morph suit. Yeah. She's not wearing freaking tennis shoes and a jacket. She's not wearing a jean jacket. Like whoever designed this cover actually read the book. Or knows knows the gist of the animorphs. No, the person who made this cover was like, "Oh, dolphins live in the ocean. Let's just put her in the ocean." And she, of course, she's never wearing a wetsuit because what are we going to do? Draw a twelve-year-old in a bikini? No, it said that the girls wear leotards as the morph suits. When the guys wear like shorts and t-shirts, she's got like a wetsuit here. What is that? I I wish they'd all wear wetsuits because I like that idea better than the girls wearing leotards and the guys wearing shorts and shirts. It makes sense that Rachel would wear. It makes shirts. It makes sense that Rachel would wear a leotard because she has she does gymnastics and she has that. Yeah, like she'd already have one. I don't know about Cassie though. Uh, I would I would picture Cassie wearing a shorts and shirt. shorts and shirt. I guess. Actually, if Cassie had a leotard lying around, she'd probably wear that because Cassie doesn't care about how she looks, and she just put on the easiest thing to put on, which would be a leotard, because she only has to remember one article of clothing instead of two. Whereas the boys are like, I don't want to wear a leotard. That's gay. So there you go. What is it? What is that bumping you you always do in the background? What? That. that. What? That's bumping. You're like tapping your mic or something. What is that? Oh, I'm tapping my screen with my touch screen. I'm just Edit scrolling. That, out. that always gets in the recording, but just so you know, and I never know. I'm always like, what the heck is that tapping? What's going on? Do you want me to say anything over again? No. Yeah. I love Tobias's reaction to Axe. It says, I think it, let me see if I can, let me find it. I'm, uh, while you're looking for that, I'm surprised that uh, they gave the Andalite a nickname. Like, to me, Andalites seem like very formal creatures that wouldn't just say, oh, yes, give me a one-syllable nickname. I'm fine with that. But they did, and it's just, his name's Axe now. Yeah, I like that, because it was was Marco, and he's, like, the person who would do that. The guy's just like, oh, hi, I'm Maximilian, or whatever, and he's like, yep, hey, Axe, what's up? He just, like, does it. He doesn't, like, ask permission, like, oh, can we call you Axe? He's just like, yeah, hey, Axe, what's up? That's your name now. Deal with it. And I assume that would be an issue, but it wasn't. He's just Axe. I like that. Good Marco energy. And so Fangor was your brother, Tobias demanded. His hawk's eyes glittered. I was with him at the end. I thought that part was... I thought I just imagined Tobias like in like a freaking in, in anime, and his eyes are like 
<sighs> but I thought the line like, oh, I was with them at the end. I thought that was like really weird. Well, that makes sense. Does that make the sense? There's the thing to say when you're consoling somebody. Yeah, but it was just weird because he's like, oh, he's like excited. But then he's like, I was with them at the end. It's not like he, he's just like flutters down, like puts his wing over Axe's shoulder. And he's like, it's okay, Axe. It's going to be okay. I was with him at the end. It wasn't like they were just like, oh, yeah, I, I remember when he died. <laughs> Well, that's not how I interpreted did, it. Did we? Did I tell you that he got eaten alive? Yeah, they didn't say that. They just said, "Uh, well, yes, he uh, he he fought till the end, uh, and he died saving us." So when he said, "Did he die fighting?" I I thought they were gonna say, "Uh, he got eaten." Uh, um. <laughs> he fought uh, Visser Three's digestive juices till the end. <laughs> Uh, I think we got some insight as to why Marco likes upsetting people. Near the end of chapter 13, someone, uh, Cassie, I think, says, Marco, for a guy who's always joking around and being annoying, you're awfully smart. And Marco says, yeah, I know, but don't tell anyone. It'll destroy my image. So Marco's just a clown. He just He's just fooling around. I like that part. I wrote that part down. It would destroy my image. Well, do we have anything else to say about this book? I have a quote I found that I wrote down I liked. Uh, when winter okay. comes, when winter comes, we are going to be some sad little animorphs. Oh, yeah. When, when Mark was like, guys, we, we can't morph winter clothing. How are we going to? Uh, that was a good, that was a good thing. I'm glad he brought that up because now I'm wondering how well they, how well they do it in the winter. Well, they're in South Carolina, apparently. So uh, I guess that gets kind of cold there. Well, maybe they then can buy the ocean. Doesn't the ocean get kind of... Okay, hold on. We have to look up a map of uh, ocean current. No, no. Let's, let's, let's wrap up. Yeah. We're not, we're, not go- we're not going into geography today. Uh, anyone else have anything to say? Nah. I look forward a lot to the next book and to future books where we get to read more about X. Because I just love him so much. Tobias is still my favorite, even though he wasn't even in this freaking book. <laughs> Tobias was just watching TV, okay? Think of me and all who fly free. Tobias was just chilling. <laughs> oh, want to talk about the end, the last part of this book where like Cassie goes to the dolphins after hours at the gardens and then they're like, Oh, yes, 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 yes. And then they're like, come dance with us, Cassie. And then she does. The end. I like the interpretation that the dolphins are like playful. They're like, yeah, I could see that. They're like smart, but they like don't care about the things that humans care about. So they're not like serious. Yeah, they look, they know what's going on, and they know enough about what's going on to be like, yeah, okay, we're safe, we're good. Let's just play around. Okay, but here's the thing: that part like scared me because it's like nighttime, the sun's not there, as so you can see the time. She's like not in the right mind; she's in a dolphin's mind, and no one else is there. And she's just she's like chosen to forget responsibilities and play with the dolphins, and she's having fun. So she's like going to lose track of time if she's not really careful. Oh man, I didn't even think about that. Me neither. Yeah, she should have like put some kind of. If she had a phone, if if it weren't the '90s and she had a phone, she should have like set an alarm and then the and had the alarm noise go off. You're not a dolphin. You're a human being. Yeah, the next book opens and Cassie's just a dolphin now. And the next book opens and Jake's. Everyone's like, "Where's Cassie?" And then they're like, "Wait, there's an extra dolphin at the gardens." Uh oh. <laughs> and then they go to the gardens and then one of the dolphins is like, "I I screwed up real bad, guys." <laughs> <laughs> Were, uh, it's, it's, I'm sorry, they were asking me to dance with them, okay? 
<laughs> they were asking me to play. What was I supposed to do? Say no to them? Look how cute they are. And then they're like, God damn it. A dolphin's like even less useful to us than a hawk. God. She's going to carry them across the ocean. She can be the, the boat. How are they going to get her out of the little pool she's in? <laughs> Hijinks. Tur- turn into a small rodent and lure a gorilla to come and carry it around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how they would do it. <laughs> <laughs> How do you rate this book out of ten, everyone? Six. I one one bumblebee leg out of ten. Bumblebee's head down to his waist, a little bit of his thighs. Okay, the actual. Okay, so kind of thing. Okay, I'd I'd give like book one a seven, book two a, a nine, book three a five or a six. This one like a Whoa, really? seven or eight. Seven. I definitely don't want numbered ratings to be like a thing we have to keep track of, but I will say I'll give book one a seven, book two a nine, book three uh, five or a four, and book three. Yeah. I know. Book two is definitely a five or a four, and book three is a nine. And I'm giving book four a six. Book four is like a three. I'm I'm split on book four because the first half, which is really boring to me, and then Axe showed up and it, it just went up a lot. Wait, can Axe like digest wheat? Because now he's just like living at Cassie's barn, like in the woods next to her house. You to watch him slurp applesauce through those slits in his mouth. <laughs> Cassie have to bring applesauce out to him. His her parents would be like, "You're eating a lot of applesauce recently, Cassie. Are you okay? You're eating like enough applesauce to feed like a small horse or something or something like that." No, like a deer. Like a deer, but also a human. Hmm. Like a deer, but it had like a few extra legs, you know? Yeah, a deer with a few extra limbs and a really long, strong tail. Cassie, we know a lot about animals, so we can tell from your applesauce intake that you're eating as if you were... Oh my god, Cassie, you're an Andalite bandit! And then they reveal themselves as your... They, they realized... They, they realized because of their applesauce intake. Uh, did you call it Capplesauce because of Capplegate? What? I don't think I ever said Capplesauce. I think you said Capplesauce, as in, like, Capplegate. No? Maybe. Alright, I don't know. You're eating, like, enough Capplesauce to feed, like, a small horse. Oh, do we have have anything to say about Cassie being like, oh, I don't want to morph dolphins, because that's wrong. That's a pretty big part, except that it wasn't. It was just like, oh, I don't know, alright, she does it. And then she's like, oh, I don't know if I should have done that. And Jake's like, no, 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 no. It's good, okay? And she's like, okay, it's good. And then she's like, wait, wait, but I still don't know. I gotta ask him if, if they're fine with it. But And then and then she doesn't find out. Yeah. Oh, hey, did it, did it seem weird to anybody else that they just decided to fight the taxons? No. To me, that just did not seem like a fair fight at first. Like, I thought the taxons would just, like, destroy them. I thought it was funny was Cassie was like, we can't morph dolphins. That's evil because dolphins are so smart and they don't want their identities stolen. Think of all the dolphin identity theft that goes on every day. And then they're like, and then she's like, I'm going to fight these taxons. And then she hits them. And then it's like, it was like a sledgehammer hitting a bag full of applesauce or something like that. And then she uses her reactions just, ew! Like they just they, they just murdered these taxes and they was like, ew, that's gross, this is bugs, disgusting. What is that dragging sound? Oh, I I dragged my computer across my bed. That gets picked up too. I'm sorry. Would you like me to repeat whatever it no, was? No, I- no, it sounds fine. I don't if you want to, but thank you, mustard, uh, for pointing that out. I will try to be more careful next time and in the future. All right. Well, I think we're. I'm ready to sign off. I don't know. I, I, as people keep mentioning things, and I just keep. Being like, oh yeah, that part was funny, but uh, 
Oh, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. I, I just found another part that I thought was funny. Marco, like, they're talking about dreams, and Marco says he Marco says he has weird, quote, weird dreams about that woman from Baywatch. Oh, no. And also King Friday from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I wonder if that's the same dream. Isn't there a part where, um, I think it's Tassie, just Tassie's the main character. Or maybe it might have been Tobias. So, so one of the people who had a dream was like, oh, yes, we, we both had this dream, and we have to follow it and go in the ocean. And then Marco says something like, oh, yeah, well, I have a dream where I'm sitting on our couch watching TV. And when are we going to do that? Yeah, I like that part. So let me get this straight. We are now making decisions based on Tobias and Cassie's dreams, right? Marco said. And yet my dreams are totally ignored. The fact that I once dreamed about staying home and watching TV in total safety, that means nothing, right? I, was, I laughed at that part. I like that. I like the part where he says we're now making decisions based on Tobias and Cassie's dreams. <laughs> that's just, that's that's a good criticism. Of yeah. Not... This book just had dumb things. It's like they're dreaming, and and then like Visser Three shows up for no reason, just to have a Visser Two chase scene, which was boring and dull anyway. And, and then they get chased and shot at with bullets for for no reason. They're just like there on the beach, and then, and then the controllers were like, "Oh nope, they gotta die." Well, one of them said, "Oh, that was a dumb idea." That's lampshading, and I won't stand by it. Okay, we're we gonna sign off. <laughs> How many more tangents? Are- <laughs> Hey, there was a part with with there was a part where Jake uh, says he likes Cassie. Want to talk about that for ten minutes? I was kind of hoping that uh, the uh, Jake and Cassie, uh, Jake and <laughs> uh, I'm be natural. I don't know if this is actually going to be logging out, but I'm saying my name in case people forget. I'm better, and uh, I don't like this book. Goodbye. I'm mustard, and I think this book didn't annoy me as much. <laughs> I think this book didn't annoy me as much as the previous book because in the previous book the kids seemed really stupid and had stupid plans, but in this book the writing was just stupid. You're stupid in this book. I think the kids' plans weren't as dumb as in the previous two books where they were doing stupid stuff. But stupid stuff. The natural thing was like, oh, they should have just sent one person down there to check it out, and not all of them. But that the, this time they all went down there, and then she, and then she was fine with it. Yeah, but in this book, the situation is dumb, and Visser 3 is dumb, and the whole well thing is dumb, so it kind of evens out in his mind, I guess. <laughs> anyway, I must have been by. <laughs> I'm Stir. Uh, yeah, I, I like this book. <laughs> I've started a trend, I see. Oh man, I'm excited for the joke today. I hate reading these jokes every week. Why? I, I, I look forward to them now. I do too. They're so oh, bad. Good for you. I think hey, the best part is that. Oh, sorry. I think the best part is that all of. The, wait, are you going or am I going? You. I think the best part is that all these jokes are like in a single book. Like these are meant to be read together as if they're all like coherent. If you think about it. This, what's the name of that joke book? What's the name of the joke book, Mustard? Uh, it's just a tiny little pocket book. It's like two inches big and it just says jokes, jokes, jokes on it. This is really an Animorphs and Jokes, Jokes, Jokes podcast. We're covering both. Covering both, really. On with the joke. I was going to look up the guy who made the joke book. Maybe we'll do that later. Uh, What's a rabbit's favorite game? Cricket. Hopscotch. Hopscotch. Yeah, it's hopscotch. Woo! Okay, recording done, I think, right? Bye. Bye.
for like naming these episodes. Okay, so I think I'm just gonna not number them and then just have them like it'll be like book one and then like yeah that's a good idea because we're gonna run into the first megamorphs book pretty soon and then after that like if you if you number them then they'll be the, the book number will be one number off so, like i think the pilot will be episode one technically no don't do that no but it'll only be in the metadata let's just let mustard do his thing mustard's great he's been doing our podcast editing and he's been doing just mostly everything for us all we do is scream into the microphone like a bunch of monkeys and then mustard turns that into a coherent thing to listen to so let's just all appreciate what mustard does and not criticize him too much yeah i just like sentence mix all the screaming into like different syllables that sound like human speech <laughs> every podcast is basically just a youtube poop at this point <laughs> yeah it's amazing if we're gonna do a hop on pop episode we should like somehow build it up like you guys should mention hop on pop every episode no <laughs> <laughs> Mustard, when you sentence mix this, sentence mix in uh, some hop on pop references throughout the episode, okay? No.